0: Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Well, this morning we begin a series called Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. Now, how many of you have ever played that game or had that kind of planning activity called what if? What if? Our daughter-in-law, Alessandra, is excellent at this, and she'll just be having a conversation. She goes, what if we all went to Italy right now? What's stopping us? What if we all did this? What if we did something amazing instead of just having kind of a boring day? Let's do something amazing. That's kind of how she is. She's wired that way. It's really fun. And it's really good to think, what if we did this? What if we didn't let ourselves be bound by, by, the, by the boundaries that are kind of holding us back? What if we let God do whatever he wanted to do? But for you personally, if you were to answer that question, what if, what would that be? What would be something beyond your wildest dreams? Maybe a house on the beach? Maybe touring the world, traveling wherever you wanted? Eating whatever restaurant you Maybe your wildest dream is that there's no more COVID. How about that? Would that be a wild dream today? If you just walked out and say, "Hey, there is no more. It's gone. It disappeared. We don't know where it went." What's your wildest dream? Maybe it's financial independence. Maybe it's it's a new relationship. Maybe it's a, a job where you got to do whatever you wanted. People maybe you got to be in a movie. How about that? I think some of you would be really good in movies. Um, what's your wildest dream? What's your wildest dream for the church? What would you love to see God do? Growth, lots of people, lots of resources, new building, whatever it is, sometimes we've got to sit back and go, man, God, what do you want to do here? What is it that you want to do? You see, I believe that we have a great church. We have a great history, 108 years I think God's done some amazing things and is doing some amazing things even right now as we're seeing people's lives change. We're seeing people say, I want to be baptized even during COVID. But I'm confident that God wants to do far more. See, I believe that Jesus wants to do far more than we could ask or think. See, I believe God's imagination, what God wants to do is far beyond what we would normally think of even if we just dreamed up stuff. And that's what we want to talk about today from Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, I would encourage you to get out your Word of God, whatever that is, if it's paper or if it's electronic, to open your Word of God and consider what He's saying to the church today. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Paul says this, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Let me just stop right there. Here is the Apostle Paul, and he is in prison at this point. I don't know about you, but if I'm in prison, I'm probably just worried about myself. But Paul is in prison, and he's praying for this church, this this church in Ephesus. And he's saying to them, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. I am praying. Well, when you read Scripture and it starts out for this reason, it would be a good idea to know what the reason is, right? Well, let's go back and see what Paul is saying. What is the reason? What is he going to the Lord about? What is he praying for them about? Back up a few verses to chapter 2, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. And we're going to see why Paul is praying, because Paul is about to get really, really excited. About what God can do through his church. Verse 18 says this For through him, that's Jesus, I'm cutting out a little bit. For through him, that is Jesus, we both have, I'm sorry, for through him we both have, I can't read, y'all, sorry. Let me start over again. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. I want you to look at this passage because this is the reason he's praying. He's saying this, we have access to the Father. Because of Jesus, we have access to the God of the universe. I mean, it's amazing to think that we have access to that. We're just, who are we? And look what he says. He says, we are no longer strangers and aliens. Have you ever been an alien? Ever been a stranger? Certainly in our culture today, you probably, if you're not an immigrant, you know an immigrant. And you know, you've heard what it feels like to not be able to maybe enter this country. Maybe you know about refugees. Maybe you are one or have been one. People trying to get in. People trying to find refuge. Here's what Paul is saying. We're no longer strangers and aliens from God. See, we're no longer distant from him, unable to gain access, because what God has done through Jesus, because he paid the price for my sin, he paid my way into God's kingdom. It's as if someone took a refugee from some other place, brought them not only into the country, but brought them into their house to live. He says, we are members of his household. See, Paul is wanting the church to understand, this is what you have. It's not that it's just that, that Jesus loves you and, and he died for you and he's left you alone. No, he's, he's brought you in. You're no longer a stranger. You're no longer an alien. He's brought you to live in his house. And oh, by the way, he's very, very wealthy. See, Paul wants the church to understand what Jesus has done. And the purpose of this is that we together... As followers of Jesus, we become his temple. His temple. Now, what was the temple? Well, the temple is always the place where God meets with his people. It's the connection between God and everyone else. And he's saying to us, who are part of a church, you are my connection to the world. And I want to dwell in and through you. So, Paul says, because of this, because of this reason, I bow my knees. I'm praying. And what he's saying is, because there's this incredible opportunity to have God dwell in you, to reach the world, I'm praying for you. Verse 14, for this reason of chapter 3, I bow my knees before the Lord. Verse 15 from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul is praying for them to be strengthened. This is a threefold uh, prayer request that Paul delivers. He's praying to God that according to the riches of the glory of God, that he may strengthen us in our inner being. Do you need to be strengthened in your inner being? Do you need to be strengthened in your inner being? Verse 17 says that we want to be strengthened in our being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here's what I want us to get. We need to be praying that Christ would strengthen us in our inner being so that he may dwell in us. You see, if that doesn't happen, we will often go on through our lives and miss allowing Jesus Christ to live in and through us. See, our normal way we function is we pretty much just go off and do whatever we want. Paul is saying, I am praying that you would be strengthened so that Jesus Christ will live in your heart and live through you. Because naturally, it's not going to happen unless He does it in you. So I want Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So the prayer is that the Holy Spirit will dwell in us, that the Spirit of Christ will dwell in us, and it happens only if we ask for it and if we believe He's going to do it. That's what faith is. I have to ask for it and believe that He's going to do it. Let me ask you, anybody this morning... You don't have to raise your hand. I won't pick you out. But did you ask the Spirit to live in you this morning? Would you strengthen me, Lord, so your Spirit can live through me today? So that's the prayer for the church, that God's Spirit would live in the church. It would empower the church. But he doesn't stop there. He says, as a result, you will be rooted, verse 17, and grounded in love. What are you rooted in today? Fear? Uncertainty? Anxiety? Maybe you're even upset with someone. Maybe you're rooted in anger. Are you rooted and grounded in love? See, that's what happens when the Spirit of Jesus lives in us. Our our whole foundation is his love. How we think the basis for our worldview is all rooted and grounded in his love. This is what Paul is praying for us. And here's the reason why he wants that to happen. Verse 18, that we may have strength to get this, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Here's what he's saying. When we pray to be strengthened, that Christ would dwell with us by faith or through faith, we comprehend His love, all the dimensions of His love, how high, how deep, how wide, how long, that we would get this whole picture of the love of Jesus. Let me tell you, without that, you're never going to feel loved by God. Do you feel like He loves you right now? Do you have a strong sense at the heart and soul of your being that Jesus Christ loves you? Can you have, you have a sense of how high it is that you can't go beyond it? And no matter how dark and how deep things get, you can't get beneath it. And you can't get outside of the width of it or go beyond the length of it. You can't get outside of the love of God. It's something we're going to explore every dimension for the all of time and eternity. We ask you, do you have a sense of his love in your life? You say, you know, Steve, things have happened in my life and I just, I just can't feel loved. Life's been hard. I know for a lot of you that's happened. Life's been difficult, it's been challenging, it's hard. You're saying, God, if you love me, why would it be this hard? Why would it be this hard? It was hard for Paul, it was hard for Jesus. But we make life harder. When we don't pray to be strengthened to have the Spirit live in us, we're trying to live on our own, in our own power. It's really foundational and fundamental to say, God, I'm praying for you to strengthen me so your Spirit can live in me so I can know your love. I can know your love. See, it's a totally different day if I'm walking in the love of Jesus, it's totally different. If I'm feeling like he loves me, if I'm not feeling like, oh, I've got to earn it today. I've got to go out and prove to Jesus that I'm worthy of his sacrifice. That's what I'm out there doing. And at, the, at night I think, well, am I worthy? No, 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 you're not worthy. We say none of us are. But I'm praying, God, would you strengthen me so that I can be filled with your spirit, so I can know all the dimensions of your love. And then look at verse 19. The last part it says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Think about that. He doesn't just want to fill up a corner of you. He doesn't just want to have a little bit of you. He is wanting to fill you completely with himself. Imagine that. What would happen if you were filled with the fullness of God? You see, Jesus is standing ready to fill you. He's standing ready, saying, listen, I'm just right here, and I've got this big hose. I'm going to hook up to you, and I'm just going to fill you up with myself. Just like helium fills a balloon. I want to fill you up with myself. Do you want that? Do you want that? Do we want that as a church? See, what happens often to churches is, and church people I know because I've been one my whole life, is we kind of think that what we've been doing is enough. And that all we've ever seen Jesus do is all there is. We tell you, there's things He would like to do we've never seen. There's amazing things He would like to do through, his, through our church that we none of us have ever seen in our lifetimes. He is going to move. If you read Revelation, He is going to move in some powerful ways that we've never experienced. Wouldn't that be cool if we got to be a part of that? See, look at verse 20. This is when Paul, because of this amazing thing that God wants to fill us crazy people, are people who we get distracted all the time, we've messed up this week, amen. I know at least some of you have sinned today, probably. If not, it was yesterday. He wants to use us. He wants to forgive us. He wants to fill us. That's what God wants to do in our lives. And Paul gets so excited that he's going to do that. He's going to fill, he wants to fill us with the fullness of God. Look at verse 20. He says this, and this is the verse you've really got to hold on to this week. He says, now to him who is able to only do a little bit. To him who doesn't have any power at all. He's just, a, he's just a tiny God. He's a little God and he's and we all know all about him. No, that's not what he says, is it? He says this now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think. He's able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think. He is able to do things beyond your wildest dreams. That's our God. Paul says he's able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power that what? That's at work in some other people? No, that's at work in us. We already have that power. It's already at work in us. He says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for just a few minutes. No, throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. See, the greatest people in our world today are only on the scene for a few minutes, aren't they? The most popular person, the greatest movie star, the greatest musical artist, greatest politicians, the greatest, they're only on the scene for a short time. But what is he saying here? Jesus Christ will, have, will be glorified in the church throughout all generations. And that's what he wants to do in us. You see, Jesus wants to do more through his church than we can possibly imagine. And you might be thinking, well, Steve, I don't, what, what does that look like? Because I don't know whether to be afraid, excited, or what. Has the preacher lost his mind? I hope so. I hope so. I want you to imagine if all of us as a church here present, watching online, I wonder if, what would happen if we were all filled with this spirit that Paul describes. What would that be like? You say, well, I feel like I'm filled with the spirit. Let me just tell you, if you're filled with the spirit, you should have an intense joy. There should be an intense sense of God's presence in your life. It should be overflowing from you to other people. And as a church, it should be multiplied so much that when someone walks in or comes into contact with our church, they're amazed. See, I believe that's what Jesus wants to do in our church. I believe it's not just a, hey, that was a really good service or, or wow, that was a good sermon or that was a great lesson. But I experienced Jesus in a way I never have before. So I believe that's what he wants to do through his church. When that happens, you will see people just dying to repent. We'll start to get excited and say, man, I don't want, I don't want any this sin in my life because I know it, it keeps me from enjoying that love of Jesus. There'll be a sense of, I, I want to repent because I, I, don't, I don't want to have this in my life. And we think of sin, we'll think, that's ridiculous. Why would I want to sin in that way? If you read on through Ephesians 4 and 5 you'll see that what Paul says if you have the spirit within you here's what should be happening in your life there should be a humble unity there should be a church that is working together where everyone has their own role and they fill out the body of Christ there should be just a sense of I don't even want to think about sin I'm not going to embrace or play with evil I'm going to flee sexual sin I'm going to speak the truth in love That's what happens when we pray for Jesus to strengthen us so that we can be filled with His Spirit, so we can know every dimension of His love and be filled with the fullness of God. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that for all of us. I don't think we're there yet, but we can get there. See, I think Jesus is just waiting to pour that out on his people. I think he's just waiting for his people to say, Yes, I want to be strengthened that way. I'm not satisfied with living the way I've lived. I'm not satisfied with how things are. I want Jesus Christ to live in me so that his love is just overflowing it out of me all the time. When we get excited like that, we will want to give in ridiculous amounts. Financially, our time. There'll be no sense of, well, gee, I don't know if I have enough to give. It'll be like, no, God, you, you can just have it all, right? Let me ask you, would you be willing to pray this morning that God would fill us with his fullness? That God would strengthen us so his spirit could live in us? in such a way that we wouldn't just have a little bit of him, but we would be overflowing with him. How does that hit you? Would you be willing, wherever you are, if you're at home right now, would you be willing to pray in that way to say, Jesus, I want your spirit to live in me in such a way that I know the height, the depth, the length, the width of your love. I experience that. That's how I live. That's how I act. And I just want to be dying to share that with somebody. That's how I want to live. Would you be willing to pray a prayer like that? See, I think God wants to move us now from normal to amazing. I think he wants to move us from what we're used to, which is good, maybe even great, to something that's absolutely over-the-top amazing. I know he can do it because that's what Paul prayed for. And we've seen it happen in the past, and I think he wants to do something amazing that he's maybe never even done before. As you watch the events of our world, It really does look like revelation, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. See, this isn't just a book of fairy tales. This is a book of promises, right? This is what God will do. And there will be a time when Jesus returns. There will be a time when he rules. But leading up to that time are all kinds of difficulties, but also all kinds of revival. I think that's what he wants to do in us. Over the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at the fact that Jesus is greater than we can imagine. He's far greater than our wildest dreams. He wants to do things in our lives that's far greater than our wildest dreams. I want to encourage you to join us on this journey. But today, would you pray that prayer? And you may say, well, Steve, I feel like I'm filled with the Spirit. Great. Would you pray for all of us to be filled with the Spirit of God? As a church church that we would know the unity of the Spirit, that we would know the humility of fitting into his body, that we would know just the, the abhorrence for evil in our lives, that we would desire purity in our lives, that we would desire Jesus to use us to reach our community. Would you pray that prayer? Some of you may be saying, no, Steve, I, I don't know if I'm there. If you've never received the love of Jesus in your life, you're still an alien. Listen, he can bring you into his household right now. We're going to pray here in just a moment. I believe this is an absolutely pivotal time in our culture, in our nation, and in our church. But you know what's more important than any of that is the church. What does God want to do through us? Would you pray that prayer with me now? Let's bow.